With more than 60 episodes in the game, KP and PR are still dropping gems. Secrets continues to bring you the hot fire that you have grown to expect. Listeners describe Secrets as the ultimate receipt for motivating the underrepresented employee to be bold in achieving their career aspirations in corporate America. And Season 4 will definitely not disappoint as they deliver secrets on how to advocate for yourself, how to become a better ally, and how to get your market value. Your hosts, Keith Powell and Ricky Robinson, put in that work to reach the top of corporate America. And this groundbreaking podcast challenges you, as well as corporate America, to be better and do better. KP and PR will bring you more tips and tricks on how to advance in your career. So fill up those cups and welcome to season four. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Secrets. Ricky, what's going on today, my brother? Man, just this real, real special episode for us today, man. I've been excited, excited, excited about this, right? This episode is so special for us because we have a question that we'd like to address from one of our listeners. And although we get a ton of emails and questions from our Secrets Village, this email really, really caught our attention. So KP, would you mind just taking us through and reading this out loud to our uh, Secrets Village? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, KP and PR, I love listening to the advice that you all give listeners. It seems so practical and really gives us hope. I have a young preteen son who really wants to be a pilot. My background is in finance, so I don't have a clue about aerospace or engineering or even any clue about what it takes to be a pilot. In fact, to no surprise, I'm familiar with being the only in my department, but I don't know anything about aerospace. And I am thankful that you all have been able to help deal with this pressure of being the only. But here's where I could use y'all's help. What can I do to support my young Black prince to be all that he can be to achieve his dreams of being a pilot? Any helps or thoughts that you have or can provide us would be deeply appreciated. Dang, KP, this is like such a great question, like on so many levels. And I'm honored that she would entrust us to provide some ideas to help her support her son. And I would equate this kid's dreams to similarly dreaming about playing professional golf Mm -hmm. or maybe swimming or even gymnastics, right? Because these are all sports or professions that cost a lot of money for parents. Yeah. You know, you can remember when we wanted yeah. to do stuff that's like, you better go out there and pick up that basketball. That's right. <laughs> you better go out there and run some track. You that's know what right. I'm saying? So it's no surprise that these sports and professions become reserved for the privileged, you know, so to speak. Therein lies the issue where exclusivity breeds the absence of seeing what you want to be. Mm-hmm. Okay. Unfortunately, there is not a lot of melanin in those types of professions for our young kids to dream of being able to achieve. Yeah, absolutely agree, Ricky. But today we're going to try and change the <laughs> paradigm. We have a guest on Secrets Today that is the true definition of a purple unicorn. I definitely think this brother's story will give us all motivation to keep chasing our aspirations. Secrets Village, we have a very special guest on the show for you today. Let me run down a few of his credentials as we introduce him to you. This brother has not only successfully embarked on his lifelong passion for aviation, but has maintained a status of monumental accomplishments and achievements that have broken world records and made aviation history. Mm -hmm. Anthony Oshugnaga is a published author, professional acrobatic pilot, Reno air race pilot, and motivational speaker. He has been featured on CBS Sports, NBC Sports, Discovery Channel, iHeartRadio, Flying Magazine, and AOPA Magazine, the number one most read aviation magazine in the world. Mm -hmm. 
He takes flight three times a day, 300 times a year, operates his own flight touring business called Air Oshi. This brother is an acrobatic show pilot (laughs) who is consistently placed in the top three in competitive worldwide events throughout his career. Seekers family, I bring you Anthony. Welcome to the show, my brother. What's up, man? I'm happy to be here. Thanks for that introduction. Wow. There you go. <laughs> you, you, you were sent to yourself, who is this brother? Is oh, this? yeah, yeah, that's me. That's me. <laughs> Start smiling. I'm like, okay. Guys, thank you for having me on the show. Thanks for the introduction. I'm excited to kind of give what I got to the community who's listening and maybe uh, inspire them to keep on going. So, so let's let's get started. Let's do Got it. it. Well, look, welcome, Anthony. I'm so excited to have this discussion with you today because I know that your story will motivate others to conquer elusive dreams. My hope is that through this discussion, where that we'll be able to assist the sister who wrote in and inspired this episode to continue supporting her son to reach his dreams of becoming a pilot as well. So, like as you said, man, let's just get into it. Let's get into it. And so, just to kick this off, in today's episode, we'll talk with Anthony about his path in aviation, kind of sponsorship that he's gotten, some mentors that he had, some of the challenges and triumphs he faced while climbing in the aviation industry. We'll also discuss what it's like to be a pioneer as the only in an industry where there's literally no one else. <laughs> That looks like him, right? We'll provide some receipts on ethnic diverse representation in aviation and the aerospace industries. And we'll close out with some secrets from Anthony on how you can aspire to achieve your dreams. Man, so I'm excited, man. I'm excited. So, Anthony, before we get into some questions, can you please just take a moment to bring our listeners up to speed on who you are? What is your upbringing, like your educational background and like your actual leadership journey? Just take us from the top. Now, I'm, I'm telling y'all, make sure you listen, okay? Because right. Anthony about to give it to you. That's right. Yeah, so I'm an air show pilot. I'm an air race pilot. And I'm a competition aerobatic pilot. I'm based in San Diego, California. I've been blessed and fortunate enough to live in a community where I'm able to fly my airplanes in and out of my community. So, you know, if I open my front door, there's a runway 50 feet in front of my front door and all the houses are situated the same way. We're able to just jump in our airplanes and taxi onto the runway and take off. But this sounds amazing, but it's been definitely a journey to get here. It's, it's, by no means is, is it easy. And I think that if I were to tell my younger self, give him some advice, I would say like, hey, there's no shortcuts, man. You just got to go. You got you to gotta go and get and go through the punches, get hit, get knocked down and just get back up. My journey started when I was, I think, two years old. I was my dad and my mom are from Nigeria. And, you know, I'm first generation. I was born in Austin, Texas. I was born in Austin, Texas. And my dad was going to school at the time. And he had a friend who was a pilot. He told my father to drive his car on the runway, park the car on the runway. And it turned the car around. So I'm sitting in my dad's lap eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And this airplane is coming at the car. I'm freaking out, dropping the peanut butter and jelly sandwich on the ground. I'm, I'm just looking at this big hunk of metal flying towards the car. And it flies over the car and lands. And I remember turning around, holding my dad's shoulder, looking at the back rearview mirror window of the car and, and seeing this airplane struggling to land. And I remember the whole afternoon, that's all we did. I think that's what started my whole journey of becoming an aviator. And then from that, you know, things sparked, I would continue to spark my interest. My dad was so influential in my upbringing and growth as an aviator. He went to a university for engineering courses when I was in high school, right? Freshman year in high school. So I learned about all the engineering disciplines. He bought me a radio controlled model airplane when I was eight. And unbeknownst to me, it was a box of wood and a glue and a blueprint, but I was able to build this airplane with those things. And it taught me a lot about aviation. So there was a lot that I've done throughout the course of my life that has been instrumental. And I think 
you know, one of the things I would say to the viewers or to the moms out there that or the dads out there that have their kids is just be open to feed your kids anything. They're they're a sponge and they're very easily influenced and you can influence them in a positive direction. Yeah, no, that that's a great story. I mean, and it's it's funny how people are just inspired. You're you're right. Our kids, the brains are open to just take in whatever you give them and don't yeah. block those blessings as well. You know, just from you know, seeing an airplane land, like you said, to a little balsa wood plane to to all of those things led you to to kind of where you are today. And uh well, Anthony, but real quick, we were talking about a story. Me, you and Keith we were talking about a story, man. I was asking, hey, was your dad a pilot? You know, like did you have like we're asking about your, you know, how many brothers and sisters that you have. And you were telling us this story about what you thought your dad was doing. You know, c- can you share maybe a little bit about that story about what your dad did to like, you know, to really support you behind the scenes, your mom and dad? Yeah. So growing up, I don't know how everybody else's story is. I could tell you my experience growing up and I look at back, I look back at it now. My parents, my parents were like super supporters. It's me. I'm the oldest. I have two brothers and two sisters. And it's because of my parents that they're doing really, really good for the, we're doing well for ourselves. But I remember back in the day, I would, I probably was like maybe five years old, six. I still remember my mom in the rain would drive to this hotel. And I remember it like, we just say it was the holiday Inn. My dad would come out the bottom and my dad, and I didn't know what he was doing, but he was washing dishes, man. My dad was in there washing dishes. He would wash dishes at night, go to school in the morning just to feed us. I mean, it was mm-hmm. tough. We're living we're living in Texas, Louisiana. We lived in Texas for a little bit, and then we moved to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, back in the day. And my mom and dad were just doing everything they could just to support us. I mean, we grew up poor. I don't tell this story a lot, but I remember there was times that many times where I would have a pair of sneakers. I would have the same sneakers for so long that there were there would be holes by my toe area, and my sock would go through the shoe. So I'd take my I'd have to take my feet out of the shoe and fold my sock underneath and put my feet back in the shoe just to. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah. just so my school wouldn't touch the concrete. It was a struggle, but we made it through. I mean, my, my parents did a lot of things in the background. They shielded us from a lot of the stuff that was going on in society, right? So being an African-American kids running around the neighborhood of Baton Rouge, Austin, Texas, is not the safest place. And they, they shielded us from a lot of the things that were going on. We didn't really understand the things in society until later on in life. I don't think that was good because it didn't slow our progress down as evolving as humans or kids at the time so i think that was very influential what they did because i mean i mean you see what's going on in the world it's, it's tough to explain that to your six-year-old like what's really going on right and yeah. so did this shit of that from us and just poured in love and education and then we just we head on to that and we were able to excel and, and get to the place we're at right now in our life cool. yeah that's that's amazing i mean in that background and the foundation that you have with your parents just supporting you and your dad supporting you all along your journey and curiosity about getting into aviation. And I know that this hasn't been easy. Can you spend a little bit of time just talking about when you really said, this is what I want to do and really got into it? I know you. when we talked previously, you were talking about like kind of as a teenager, you started to kind of build planes and understand it and just all of that, all of those things that just kind of led to you really doing what you do now. Can you talk about that? Yeah, yeah, of course. So around the time, yeah, I was like maybe a teenager. I mean, it all started with this movie called Top Gun. I don't know what I mean. Oh, yeah. Top yeah. Gun, Maverick and Goose, man. I thought I was the Maverick of a pilot. And I remember telling my mother, 
you know, I was like, hey, mom, dad, I know exactly what I want to do. I'm going to the Air Force. I, I'm going to be a fighter pilot. And, and my mom shut me down immediately. And I didn't understand why. I, I was really, really heartbroken and kind of distraught about the situation because I was like, man, I am an aviator. I feel like an aviator. Like, I want to do this. I know what I want to do. But I want somebody to pay me to go do it so I could do it for free. <laughs> and then, my, you know, my mother told me, no, I don't want you getting shot down in battle. And I don't want something happening to you. And I don't want you doing anything bad to someone else. And, I, you know, as a 14-year-old, you're like, what are you what are you talking about, mom? Like, no, I want to do it. But I was able to figure something else out, which is, of course, being an airshow pilot and an air race pilot. But I remember this airport called Flaybob Airport in Riverside. I would go there all the time. They called me like the airport bum because I would be there all the time, like looking at airplanes, <laughs> asking questions. Yeah. You know, they, they, they know me. They that's, that's designed to, to do like loops and rolls and all that stuff. And he asked me if I wanted to go for a ride. I'd never been on a ride. I didn't know what it was capable of doing. I didn't know what we we're going to do at all. So I said, yes. I didn't even ask my mom or my dad. I was like, yeah, I want to yeah, I want to go for a ride. So, you know, he strapped on a parachute on me, put a parachute on, on myself. He wore a parachute. We got an airplane. We flew out like within five minutes. He's pulling vertical maneuvers, doing loops and rolls. It was amazing. It was probably the most exhilarating experience I've ever had in my life. And I remember on the way back, as we're flying back to the airport, back to go land, I was asking him, I said, hey, Norm, was that all legal what we just did? He said, yeah, it was totally legal. So I was like, hey, well, sign me up. How do I get started in this realm of flying? Because this is, once you start to detach yourself from two-dimensional way of moving around and start doing 3D stuff, like pulling to the vertical, flying upside down, doing rolls and loops, it, it just, it was so... I don't know. Was, I felt like I was a kid learning how to walk again or just experiencing the world for the first time. It was it was amazing. So he became my mentor. He kept me safe, taught me how to fly safely and all that stuff. And I'm here now and I have so much gratitude for the guy that helped me out because, you know, my experience is there was no African-American pilots on the airfield. So he was not. But he was he was so gracious enough to help me and then believe in me and teach me and, and stuff like that. And it's not cheap either to, hey, let's go fly. I'll pay for the gas type stuff in the beginning. Yeah, no, no, no that, that's a that's a, a great story, because Keith and I, we always talk about it's great to have aspirations. It's great to like get to that next level, but you can't do it by yourself. No, <laughs> you know all. what I mean? Like you all. absolutely need someone. So I'm thankful, you know, that you're able to tell us that story about how you actually were able to get up there. And, and at one point you thought the Top Gun experience was like unachievable. And then on this one day you get this guy who takes you out that doesn't look like you, but believes yeah. in you, you know, and yeah. now here it is that you're doing that type of stuff. Yeah, 100%. So, you know, I'm sitting here thinking about like your story and it takes me back to some of what I shared earlier about the exclusivity, you know, within certain jobs or fields yeah. of study and how difficult it can be when you're, not able to see what you want to be. Right. And we talked about that, you know, just a little bit. Can you talk about like any intentional acts with respect to some of the difficult moments that you faced on and how you were over to overcome them? Right. Because I get it. Like with you being the only and not having people out there to look like you, you're going out there to fly and they probably ask you, are you here to fix on the plane? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so talk to us a little bit about like, like some of those things you may have had to overcome. Yes. Yeah, so when I first started in the airshow world and stuff like that, or even competition in back, there was a lot, a lot of people who, because I was the only African-American on the block doing this. I mean, now we have one or two others now. I mean, but it's mm -hmm. been like, what? It's been a year. And I remember there was times where people would say to me, oh, the only reason why you're doing this big air show is because you're African-American. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we need to check the box and stuff like that. Or there'll be a lot of jealousy in, in the aviation community. And they would say to me, hey, 
maybe competition airbags is not your thing. You should stick with air racing. There was a lot of that stuff happening. But fortunately for me, man, I had, I had a really good upbringing. So mm-hmm. I was already like bred in my later years in life with my parents to understand this type of talk and the jealousy and then just just being the only one to do some things in the world. It was difficult at first because at first, you know, you would talk to people and they'll smile on your face, but behind your back to start talking, right? And mm-hmm. so for me to prove people wrong, it's just to go go fly. You know, no. oh, he can't fly. It's like it's like the Tuskegee Airmen. Yeah. Like, oh, these guys can't fly in the war. They can't. No, they're not supposed to. Black people can't fly. They're not supposed to fly. Man, we just, they saved us. They won the war. They, 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 they they're the, yep. Yeah, they're the why they won. So when you when you watch them fly, when people say, oh, they can't fly, you watch them fly, it's just so proving that we can't fly. It's just, I think it's a misconception that we can't. But, you know, there's a lot of hurdles I went through in life, man, just to get to where I'm at. But I honestly would say to you that the reason for my success is just uh, it's the circle that I have. The people around me in my life mm-hmm. that keep on making me better, keep on, they're in my ear with positive words of affirmation. They're critical, though. They're not going to tell me, oh, I'm the best or I'm doing well. They'll let me know, hey, no, you need to clean this up when you're flying, you're doing your verticals, or you, all those things. But it's coming from the right people. Yeah. One other thing uh, that I wanted to just uh, follow up on that, like I know how hard it is because Keith and I have both been in situations where we are the onlys. Okay, and not only are you overqualified to be qualified and then you got the weight of like the village of the community on your shoulders, but then you have the majority or whoever it is that's there that's on your back, you know, also waiting for for an opportunity for you to mess up. Was there ever like a time, you know, when you're thinking about you know, your dream to be like a pilot that maybe this might not happen or maybe you might need to do something different? Because I know you have the engineering degree and like you had a fallback, you know, but was there ever a time where you thought maybe this might not happen? Yeah, definitely. I think everybody has that in their career. There has been a time where I maybe kind of thought about it, but it wasn't like a serious thought. And it happened when I started getting chastised by the aviation community just because I was just so different. I'm such an anomaly that they don't know what to do with me. (laughs) And I'm not trying to be like, I'm just giving you facts. I'm not considering them, but I'm educated. I'm well-spoken. I'm African, like parents from Africa. I'm black. So I'm cultured. I'm really good at personalities. Like I could talk to anybody. I mean, Mm -hmm. as an airshow pilot, as an airshow pilot, Every day, you, you meet thousands of fans, and you can't just not talk to a certain type of people. You got to talk to everybody, right? You got to make a connection somewhere, some way. People try to fit other people in a box. Like, you know, you get a square, you put it in a square box. You get a circle, you put it in a circle box. I have no shape. They don't know what to do with me. So it's weird for them. And I come with so much from my parents, you know, how they brought me up. I, I come with some wisdom, so, right? So you're not going to get me off canter. You're not going to get me emotionally unbalanced. You know what I mean? And my answers are going to be direct and I'm going to be respectful, but it's going to be direct. And I think they're just not used to that stuff. Like the good old boy, there's a lot of good old boys and stuff. I don't do that. You know, sometimes they tell me, hey, you got to play the game. No, I don't have to play the game. I don't want to play the game. <laughs> I don't want to. That's right. I don't want to. It's, not, it's not working. It's not working. So, so the answer to the question, there has been a time, not directly, where I'm like, like I'm saying, oh man, this is not for me because as a young kid, two years old, man, it's been it's been lodged in my head. And the thing about it is, I didn't choose aviation. I didn't. I wake up and be like, oh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be an aviator. He kind of chose me. I, I didn't go. I didn't ask my dad to take me to an airport. He took me to an airport yeah. at a two year old <laughs> watching airplanes fly a car. I didn't tell my dad to send me to Penn State to, so I can learn all the engineering disciplines, including aerospace, to see which one I liked. I just knew what I liked, right? I didn't ask my dad to buy me a, a radio controlled airplane that was made out of 
boss of wood and a blueprint and a stick of glue. And he tells me, hey, you got to build it from scratch at eight years old. I didn't ask for that. So these things just came into my life and I accepted it. I just, I was open to it and I said, okay, let's, let's see where it takes me. So by knowing that and the things I've been through in life and even the struggles now, because nothing's going to be perfect. I can't quit. I can't stop. And I know that there's no such thing as perfection. You know, you have to fail to get better. You have to fail to be the best. Michael Jordan, you missed a lot of shots. And this guy's really good. He's one of the iconic. I mean, I don't think I, more, my boys would probably debate, but Michael Jordan's the best in my, 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 my head. But he's he's failed a lot. He's failed a lot. The mm-hmm. guy that made the light bulb. The guy that made the light bulb. He, he, Edison, he's failed a lot, but he made the light. Well, look at us now. So there's a lot of examples of people who have failed and didn't give up who are just Nobel Prize winners, right? I mean, they're amazing. That, that's so inspirational. You're, you're right on the money. And again, this is the corporate story we're talking about, yeah, you know, yeah, here, right? Yeah. Not thing. quite fitting in, mm-hmm. you know, you again, overqualified to be qualified. We keep talking about some of those things, but it's trying to make people fit into a certain box yeah, you know, all the there. time. But this is black excellence. So this is what it's all about. So we'll go a little light right now. So what was it like when you finally got your own plane, right? What was it like? You got your own plane. You started doing competitions and you won that first competition a place in your first competition. What was that whole thing like? What was the feeling that you had around all of that? Man, it was it was very euphoric, man. It was, it was like an unbelievable feeling. It was better than even owning my first car. I don't know how to even explain it. I remember telling myself, I was like, hey, I need to figure out how to get an airplane. It was one of those goals where it was like intimidating. I was like, how mm-hmm. in the world am I on an airplane? Like little, little me, Black boy in California, how am I going to own one of these? So what I did seriously is I put a business plan together and I said, okay, if I'm going to get an airplane, this airplane needs to be paying me. It needs to pay me money. I don't know how I'm going to make it work. It's going to work. So uh, at the time I was living in a city called Temecula. Temecula is pretty much like Napa, but it's, it's in Southern California. It's like, it's a wine country. There's over a hundred wineries. So I said to myself, I said, okay, well, let me buy a Cessna. That's a tail dragger. Tail dragger is just a configuration of how the airplane sits on the ground. And the aerobatic airplane is a tailbagger too. So the configurations are the same so that, you know, the transition between this Cessna into the aerobatic plane is going to be smooth, smoother for me. So what I did is I put a business plan together. I I did some research and I said to myself, okay, well, what's the top selling thing in the world? And it was, it was alcohol. So people love wine. People love wine. So I said, well, let me, let me see if I can buy this airplane and give tours to people, aerial scenic tours to people in the wine country. Uh-huh. So I, so I spent, I spent a year going to the, all the wineries, introducing myself. Hey, I'm a pilot. This is my idea. I would love to partner with you before even buying a plane. Cause I want to make sure the, the idea was working. Yeah, yeah. I had a, I had a few big companies buy it. They're like, yeah, well, that's amazing. Yeah. We'll partner. How, and then we start talking about how we're going to, how the transaction is going to work when, when people buy flights and stuff like that. So then I got a loan out cause I, I couldn't afford buying this airplane. This airplane is so expensive. So I got a loan out and I'm just doing this off the strength, like off of belief in myself. Because I was nervous and it was scary, right? I'm, I'm taking a big loan out. I got this business plan, which I think is going to work because I, I got it vetted. And if this thing fails, then I'm pretty much host. I mean, that's the reality. So I got the airplane. I, start, I got my LLC. I started doing tours. I started making money. I paid off that loan. And I was like, things are going good. I'm making more money. So then I bought my aerobatic plan after like after a year and a half later. And then in the aerobatic plan, and that's my circuit purchase. So it was another euphoric feeling. It was like, it was one of those things where I had to sit down and almost tear up. I'm like, 
I'm doing it. I'm 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 doing it right. And then from there, and then once I was able to make the money from the air, see the wine tour stuff, and and then fly the airbag plane, I started to reach out to sponsors. I reach out to a few sponsors and say, "Hey, this is my story. This is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to be a world champion. I'm trying to be a national champion in airbags. I'm trying to. This is my dream." So I had some big sponsors. I was able to get a fuel sponsor. And the biggest expense, especially now, is fuel. So I was able to get. Free fuel for the last five years. Free fuel. Wow. And then, so there's no excuse for me to be good. I got to get in this airplane and fly the hell out of it. So I was flying the hell out of this pits. I put like 2,000 hours, flight hours on this airplane. This Ooh. airplane, I bought 2,000 hours. That's a lot of hours. And That's I'm talking about when you start the engine, you start the engine, it's a little timer, and then you turn the engine off, and then the timer tells you how long you've been flying. So I've recorded all those hours. I've, I've flown this pitch for 2,000 hours of just flight time. That's a lot of flight time. That is. So, and, but I, like I said, I've, I've gotten lucky, but I was motivated enough to have this dream and go after it just relentlessly. And that's what I, I still do that now. I mean, I've, I'm still like a little nervous sometimes, but I, I just do it. I'm like, I just, I, you have to do it. I don't want to be older out of the game and, and look back and be like, I wish I did something like, I wish I went after this. I wish I would talk to, to Nike or Adidas yeah. or whoever, you know, out there that w- might want to sponsor me and help me achieve this dream at the same time as inspire others. Man, look, I- I'm over here just cheesing from ear to ear because the story is amazing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but this, this is like everybody's dream from the time you think about it to the time you implement it to how you keep it going. Like this is the true hustle man story (laughs) right here. Right. Like, so I'm loving it, but you know, what I'm also interested in is look, we, we do our research, you know, me me and KP, we do our research on you. Right. And we know that you're extremely active with various ventures. I know you talked about the wine tours and whatnot, but being involved with respect to being a business owner, more importantly, like a community advocate, a mentor to like to the few ethnically diverse airshow pilots in the industry. What has it been like for you as one of the only black male leaders trying to influence in the aviation space? And then if you could kind of navigate and just talk to us about, I know you did some very specific community service efforts during the pandemic. You know, maybe you can kind of talk about both of those, like you being a mentor, but more importantly, what have you been doing during the pandemic? Because I think that's an awesome story. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, so I think, uh, let me see if I can hit these questions. So what is it like being like one of the only African-American, I guess, it's a toll because it's like people are watching me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, people are what I'm doing and I got to make sure, I'm always thinking about what I'm doing. I'm always like being thoughtful of my actions because I know that there's young kids out there watching me. So, I mean, that's that's a big responsibility. That's a big responsibility, right? So you can't, I can't just be out, out here acting up. I do sometimes on my birthday, but, you know, not every day. But, <laughs> For the most part, I think I'm a good I'm a good person to, to kind of watch. But to your other question, so during the pandemic, you know, people were getting sick, people were dying, man. I mean, it was it was not a good time the last couple of years. And I went to my sponsor and I, and I asked my sponsor, Epic Fields, to say, "Is there anything we could do? Like, can we? Because the United States, the morale is down. We need mm-hmm. to get out there and get some morale somehow." So I said, well, "How about we do this?" I started small. I said, "How about I just fly to almost." maybe maybe 50 airports in in california just up and down and let me just stop by to these airports let's let's give them a gift let's give them some hand sanitizers let's give them a mug let's do a picture six feet apart just let's show them some love because i think those people working at the airports are most at risk because people yeah. are flying in they're escorting people off the jets there's a contact there so my sponsors was like hey let's think bigger i'm like okay what do you mean let's do nationwide let's hit up 
I think it was, I think it was like, I can't remember the number. I think it was like 40 airports around the nation in like 18 days or something mm-hmm. like that. It was ridiculous. So I was on the road for 18 days. I started from California, went through Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, Atlanta. We went to North Carolina, Pittsburgh. We just went all the way around the whole mm-hmm. United States. And each stop where, you know, it's like a media thing where we're giving out mugs, we're taking pictures and we're just kind of showing, just shedding light to America like, hey, I know we're we're down right now, but we're trying to do something to to pick our morale up. Mm-hmm. And here's 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 some stuff to here's a mass here's some stuff to keep safe. So it was a it was a good I think it was a it was a good time. I mean, and it was definitely advertised well on the news across the nation um, of what we're trying to accomplish there. Yeah, no, that's that's amazing. That I mean, to have have someone like you being out there you know, representing, right. And, yeah. and, and, and doing some great, great work is, is amazing. And we know that being in this industry, you know, my, my mom was actually a 35 year flight attendant. She, she retired a little while ago. So I've been around aviation most of my life as well. Yeah. And I know there's so few people, uh, so few, yeah. owners, but this is also very expensive. This is not like an expensive thing to have. And you talked about having sponsors and things like that. What can people do if they wanted to support you and support the work that you're doing and you know help support your efforts to compete in these competitions? What can we do to support you? You know what? I think anything. Follow me on Instagram. You know, I need to get my numbers up. Follow my story. My Instagram handle is Anthony Oceanuga. That's the same thing for the Facebook. And then for sponsors, like the, the big guys out there, like the Coca-Colas of the world and the Red Bulls of the world. I mean, just, yeah, sponsoring me, help me out financially so I can, you know, go compete on the world level, right? So what my, my goal is, is a place top three well, this year, my goal is to, to make the U.S. team. So this U.S. aerobatic team that they're having this year where we, where we go out there and compete in Kansas, the top eight competitors make the USA team because next year is the world championships, basically. Mm. So it's the best pilots in the world coming to Las Vegas and we're competing. So my goal is to make the team this year and I'll hopefully want to like to make first top three so I can come home with a medal. And then next year is to go compete against those boys from France or like Australia, Europe, Italy just and just represent US and everybody else that's watching me and this inspires the people because I think if I could do that, I think then people watch me do this. And I think that would inspire the kids to say, hey, shoot, he's he's competing on the world level. I can too, or just whatever, right? Whatever it takes for uh, the kids to get inspired. But that's those are those are my goals. So, you know, my goal is to get the sponsor to help me out so I can achieve my goals. But ultimately, me achieving my goals is actually giving back to the kids because it's like showing the kids or the youth or even having the use anyone that, hey, if you have a dream, you can go after it and tackle it. You can get it. Yeah, look, look, Anthony, I mean, this is an amazing, an amazing story, right? And this is the part of the show where we start to give teeth, you know, to what we're talking about here, because we want to talk about the purple unicorn nature or the rarity of what you do here. So this is the receipts, you know, part of the show. So today we're going to share receipts on representation in the aviation and aerospace industry to prove that Anthony truly is a purple, pink, yellow, and orange unicorn, right? <laughs> this stuff does not exist. Okay. So Keith, why don't you hit us with receipt number one? Yeah. According to the statistics collected by career site Zapia, 89.4% of American airline pilots are white. Five, wow. 5% are Latinx or Hispanic. 2% are Asian and 1.2% are black. And according to the Pilot Institute, only 9% of FAA certified pilots are women. 
So yeah, I mean, there you go, unicorn, yeah. unicorn, unicorn right? right? I mean, which is which is crazy. Again, we're talking about one of these sacred type of yeah. jobs, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. so it's not by accident that it's sacred. Yeah. Okay, and we're showing the yeah. the proof, mm-hmm. you know, here where it is. Mm-hmm. Receipt number two, but it gets worse. <laughs> okay, receipt number two here, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, there are about seven hundred and fifty thousand pilots in the U.S. There are less than one thousand black male pilots and 151 black female pilots. There weren't even any stats on black acrobatic pilots. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure Anthony knows every one of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, All three of them. Yeah, right. if, if he ain't mentoring them himself, you know what I'm saying? So, but again, this is what we're talking about. Like, we're exposing the sacredness of this, right? And if we're going back to the sister who wrote in about trying to support her child, it's not going to be easy to do that, especially when there's not anybody that looks like that child. Yeah, do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So, again, this is the pressure that Anthony was talking about in terms of how hard it is for him to do his thing, mm-hmm. but still kind of keep the guard up high. You yeah, know, therefore. Absolutely. And well, now we're going to fold in some engineers on top of the pilots because it, it gets even worse. Oh, Lord. So in the aviation industry, 92.3% of airline pilots, aircraft pilots and flight engineers in the U.S. are white. 92.3% are white. And 93% are male, according to Data USA. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, again, Anthony's going to stick out pretty heavily, (laughs) you know, going through this. And moreover, according to a leadership uh, consulting firm, Ergon Zender found that less than 5% of CEOs and fewer than 13% of top executives are women in the airline industry. And in fact, just 18% of airline executives are of additional nationality from their airline's country of origin. Mm-hmm. Again, wow. that one's wow. I didn't know that one. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey. but but we got another one for you, though, Anthony. Right. So look, receipt number four. And if we expand the bubble a bit and talk about the aerospace industry, it doesn't get much better. Okay. And and, and I don't want to pile on them, right. but it is what it is. It is We're not making this stuff up, right? If if we didn't have receipts like this to talk about, it wouldn't be secrets. That's right. Okay. According to the Aerospace Industries uh, Association, that's AI. A, our industry's diversity numbers reflect either minimal gains or remained unchanged over the last five years. According to the 2020 Aviation Week survey, the number of women in aerospace has stayed around 24%. They identified a similar trend with underrepresented communities of color with only 6% of respondents workers, identifying as Black and just less than 8% as Hispanic or Latino. AIA points out that as the industry develops, the next generation of world-changing innovations from autonomous flight to sending humans to Mars, the industry must build on its uh, work to include diverse voices and perspectives at the idea phase, right? Like, so in the very beginning, okay, let's not wait for us to get it because then we're already even further behind than the less than 10% that we're talking about, but we need to be involved in the boardroom and everywhere else in between. So again, we're talking about these receipts here and it's actually sickening, you know, when you think about it it and it really makes the work that our brother Anthony, you know, is doing here Mm -hmm. far, far more important than what we can even, you know, uh, talk about. Mm -hmm. But this is the part where we want to just kind of now look, we didn't talk about Anthony's background. We've talked about some of the statistics and the receipts out there. We want to navigate into the secrets here. Right. And as a treat for our listeners today, We're going to ask Anthony to help us provide our secrets for you today. 
We'll let Anthony answer the question by our listener via email to help uh, her support her son's dreams of becoming a pilot. You know, everyone's dreams, you know, are different. But mm-hmm. again, we want to be able to give her a little bit of something so that she can help support her son. And then we'll ask him just to share a few additional secrets to help us all stay the course when your dreams are to soar above the clouds and sponsorship is needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Anthony, let's just go back to the very beginning where that listener shared. She's trying to support her son and his dream to be a pilot. So what advice would you give in terms of helping her ground her son on what it's like and and what he could actually do? Because there really is no instruction manual, Mm -hmm. right, to Mm -hmm. to doing the things that you're doing. And there's certainly no role models in the industry, as we just pointed out with our receipts. So what kind of advice would you give this uh, listener to tell her? Yeah, so I I would say to the listener, she's probably doing a great job. Keep it going. I would say to her. There's an organization called EAA. It stands for Experimental Aircraft Association. And within EAA, they have something called Young Eagles. I'm a part of this association. So what we do is for free, a Google Pods goes to an airport thing. It's like, it depends on the airport and the timing. Every airport timing is different, but every, so for my airport that I go, when I fly into, I think it's, it's the first Sunday of every month. We, a bunch of pilots flying in, probably 10 pilots and 10 pilots. And what we do is we take the kids up for a flight, like a 15-minute flight just around the patch and land so they can Ooh. get that experience. And as, and it's free. We pay out of our own pocket because we know how important it is to give these kids this experience. So mm-hmm. for my airport, it's a very ethnic area. So we're getting like Hispanics, Blacks, we're getting Asians, we're getting all sorts of kids, all sorts of kids. Nice. And I, I'll, I'll throw as many as I can in there, but we'll put three in there, sit in, and the parents can't come because it's not for the parents, it's for the kids. <sighs> so I'm flying in there, kids are chattering like, hey, hey, Anthony, what's over there? I'm like, I banked the airplane right. Oh, that's a pool. That's called a pool in the, in the backyard. What's that over there? Oh, that's a big mountain. That's called Mount Rubido, you know, and they're, and they're, they're, they are engaged. They're engaged. We come back and land. And I look at them as they go hug their parents, and I and I know I think to myself, I just made a pilot. Yeah. So so I would I would say to the listener that had the question, start there. You know, you can start there, and you'll be surprised because their EAA, the Young Eagles, they're all over the nationwide. So you can, if you live in an area that's ethnic, you'll you'll probably you might find a pilot that's of color. You may. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, that's amazing. Yeah. Look, I'm trying not to. I know. I, I'm trying to figure out how to get some of this gray hair off my chin. Exactly. I'm so trying I can to revert pass. back to my yeah, youth. Yeah, so I, I can pass as a kid and be like, Uncle Anthony, can <laughs> I get up on that plane? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Man, look, wow, Anthony, like, I am seriously, seriously, like, inspired and in awe of what you have accomplished, what's still out there for you. You came in here with, like, some solid assistance, you know, for our listener. And I'm sure her and Everyone else that listens to it, I know that someone knows someone, you know, who has aspirations that can be helped out there. What additional secrets would you like to provide to any of our listeners today about achieving their goals to soar above the clouds against all odds? Right. Because at the end of the day, you probably weren't supposed to be in the position that you're in based off of the receipts that we've shown. Like you swam upstream, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and like you're there, you know what I'm saying? So what advice, you know, what two or three things would you give secrets? Would you tell um, our listeners where they could, you know, hopefully chase their own dreams like you've done? Yeah. So I think I would start by saying this, if it were easy, then everybody would be doing it. Yeah. One, two, now that you know, it's probably not going to be easy. Allow your passion to fuel your motivation of achievement. So basically what I'm trying to say is that 
you're going to hit a speed bumps. Nothing's going to, nothing in life is, I mean, I'm, I'm a realist. I'm going to tell you, I'm not here painting a perfect picture. No, nothing's perfect. Mm-hmm. Even, even if, you, even if you write down your plans to say, Hey, this is where I'm going to go. This is how I'm going to achieve this. It's not going to go as planned. Expect the unexpected, expect the speed bumps. But with that knowledge, persevere through it. You know, it's not going to be easy. You know, you want to get to that goal. So allow that passion to feel that motivation for achievement. And you will get there because I'm living proof. I am living proof. There's been, there's been times where I'm like, man, it's, I don't know, but I just keep going. My passion won't let me stop. And that's why I'm here today. So those are the words I would love to leave the viewers with, because if you really want it and you're really passionate for it, nothing's going to stop you. Just know that it's not going to be easy and know that there's going to be roadblocks. Just be smart. Get people in your corner who are also creative listeners and achievers as well, because you have to be creative to get to a what you want to get to. You can't do the same path everybody's doing. Otherwise, there's going to be a lot more roadblocks because they're going to be expecting you to go down the same road everybody else did. Go make a left turn and then make a right turn. Come, You know, just... No, that's amazing. That, that's really great advice that we can all benefit from. And we really, I'm um, sincerely thank you for being on the show today. This was, this was, yeah. this was great. So thanks again. Uh, right, no problem. Hey, no problem, guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, yeah. And and you can find more resources on Anthony and how to support this brother. We'll have those uh, resources in the show notes for the show. We'll put all of his contact information, his website, all of that stuff. So go to secretdust.com and look for that information. And look, and Anthony, we also would like to thank you for being on the Secrets podcast today. We really appreciate you being a loyal supporter of Secrets and everything that we do. I mean, I know you, we're texting back and forth. We got ideas. And look, we got some real special stuff that we're going to be including Anthony in where we're going to be trying to bring this to the mainstream here because again, we're trying to like change the paradigm here, right? Like like if we crack that that less than 5%, yeah. you know, if we can just raise that, if we can get more kids, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to, uh, to see what they want to achieve. Yeah. Like we're doing our job. Doing right. And more importantly for being, you know, just like, we want to thank you for just being like a leader, you know, amongst our secrets community of practice. As we stated earlier, we want to help you increase your followership. Like, look, this, this cat is an influencer, right? Yeah. So we want to be able to help him do that help you get to the world-class competition and help you get in front of the Secrets Village to help future leaders dream. So at the end of the day, man, we are just extremely happy that you are on the the show today. We're just appreciative and blessed. And lastly, listeners, be sure to write a review on Apple or buy some of that merchandise. In fact, take a picture with you and some of that gear and post it on our LinkedIn, Facebook, or even Twitter pages. Let's see what you got cracking. Absolutely. And again, y'all know we're about you getting your paper. And if you want to be an airline pilot, they make a lot of paper. That's a good, that's a good business to be <laughs> in. So if y'all want to do that, we can get that done for you too. But today, when we've helped people get over $3 million in total compensation increases since we started Secrets, and we're trying to get more. We're trying to get to 50 million. So that's the goal. So check out our coaching services and check out our website for more information. And then lastly, we just want to thank our brother Anthony again for sharing his story and uh with us and for just breaking bread. I mean, this has just been a Amazing. But we're um, about to fill up these uh, empty cups over here because, you know, I'm a little famished right now, a little parched. <laughs> a little parched. So uh, stop recording and get to, and let's get uh, Anthony to, uh, to share some more of these flight stories <laughs> with us, right? Because we know what happens in the sky stays in the sky, right? So until the next time, everyone, thanks so much for listening to Secrets. And remember, when we share, you transform. Take care, everybody. 
for listening, and we hope you enjoyed yet another gem from KP and PR. In fact, one listener said that Secrets continues to share the inside story on how to truly accomplish your corporate ambitions, and we hope you agree. If you are motivated and excited after listening to Keith and Ricky, please subscribe to our podcast, share with friends, donate via Patreon, and sign up for our executive coaching services. Check us out at www.c-crets.com to get more information about our secret services. Remember, when they share, you transform. Until next time, cheers! Cheers!